I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participation restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey man, I don't know what we're all worrying about. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgie and Gray. Are you lads? Fan bloody tastic. It's good to be back. How are you doing? Oh yeah, we we both missed the last one, didn't we, Gray? And they're part timers. You're just a sick note, and I'm trying to better myself. So there you go. <laughs> But we're back. We're back indeed. Yes, the gang is back together. I think Ali and Hodge did a very good job with the last podcast stepping in. So thanks for doing that, Hodge. How have your collective weekends been? Very good. I'm sure we'll get on to why it was very good. Hell yeah. And then apart from that, it's been pretty chill, to be fair. Just doing a couple of bits around the house, getting ready to not pay any attention to tidying up for another five days before the weekend rolls around again. <laughs> Les, what have you been up to? I don't think people are really interested in what I've been up to, so I prefer yeah, us just to enough. get straight onto the football, to be fair. <laughs> Painting doors or something like that. No, just drawing kitchens. Oh god, that's even worse. Fuck me. <laughs> right, yeah. So let's uh, let's get straight into it then. So, despite all of us being an absolute collection of nerves on Saturday morning, I think I woke up. The first thing I said on the WhatsApp group chat was, "I'm absolutely shit myself." I think Hodgie, you soon followed, and Ali Fraser hadn't been able to get out of the the bathroom for a while uh, <laughs> due to the nerves. But it was all in vain, wasn't it? First time we're Derby, not we're Tyne, by the way. That's a load of bullshit. Yeah, where did that come from? It's not a thing. Let's not give it the oxygen. It, it does not deserve. At Newcastle, Sunderland Airport. <laughs> <laughs> they have to fly from Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, all, all the nerves were, were for note in the end, weren't they? Despite all the palaver and the run-up, decorating the Black Cats bar with loads of Newcastle United memorabilia, which was amazing. That was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, it made one hell of an atmosphere, and we ended up beating our sworn rivals, the Filthy Mackhams, 3-0 in their own backyard. Gray, what were your thoughts on the game? Over the moon, we managed to get a win. I mean, it's been a long time coming, and to play as well as we did as well, I was just, yeah, thrilled. Because I was part of me, which was panicking, thinking we've got a couple of hotheads. I think Bruno was going to do something rash, get himself sent off early doors, and we'd be up against it, but... No, I was actually surprised at how everyone turned out and we were just so professional that it actually taught Sunderland a serious lesson in how to play football. Yeah, I mean, it's the first derby in eight years, right? And our first derby win, I think, in 13. So it was long overdue, obviously most of that, because Sunderland have been where they rightfully deserve to be in either Championship or League One. 
So we really got to flex our muscles against what turned out to be quite a poor Sunderland team on the day. Hodge, I don't feel like we really got out of second gear and we comfortably smacked them three. You know, what, what were your thoughts on the performance? Yeah, they haven't been the same since they changed the colour to red and silver, not red and white, but uh, we'll gl- gloss over the flags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you mean the, the pre-match stuff they're doing with all the flags? It cost 17000 apparently. There was someone really busily colouring in tinfoil with a Sharpie, I think, to get all them ready because they look tacky as fuck, man. They were from Poundland. Well, I'd seen they'd been recycling some of the Remembrance Day things. Yes. The coloured red and white bits of paper they hold up to do the red and white stripes. I think they recycled those from Remembrance Day, so pretty budget club. But yeah, go on, sorry, mate. (laughs) Yeah, no, I thought we played very well. I think we outmatched them in pretty much every single department. And I think the scoreline well and truly shows that. There was a couple of things that really piqued my interest as well when watching it is when uh, one of their players nearly got completely knocked out by Miggy's shot that just rattled his skull <laughs> inside his face. And I think some quite cool, calm, collective thinking. Going back to my point in the last one as well, we seem to do a lot of simple stuff right this time and it was so effective. I hope we can continue this into the Premier League fixtures moving forward. I don't know, but we seem to have some pretty big game players. I'm not saying this is a big game necessarily in terms of quality because remember they are in the championship and they've got a squad of players that no one knows. Joe Bellingham, who's Jude Bellingham's brother, I think that's the only thing that really makes him famous at all. And apart from that, no players I'd ever really heard of. But when I say big game, I mean big game in terms of atmosphere. If we'd lost this one, it would have been incredibly embarrassing. So they did well to manage the game, I think. You got Dan Byrne walking into the stadium a shite, cupping his ear. That kind of gave you a sign of where the boys were at. Anthony Gordon, people like Bruno. This is exactly the kind of game I think they relish and they thrive on. But got to give it to everyone, including the 6,000 Newcastle United fans that made the trip by police escort. The atmosphere seemed to be fantastic on the day, Gray. I think, again, it was palpable through the television. You could just hear Newcastle fans throughout and just remember watching videos of fans walking up to the stadium always three hours before kickoff and just, yeah, just the atmosphere is electric. Everyone was buzzing for it, as you'd expect, and quite jealous not to be there. But actually, like you say, you felt it through the TV. So it almost did feel like we were sat in the crowd because made a hell of a noise. And even like the commentators, like Ali McCoist, of all people, who's obviously would have played in a lot of old firm derbies, just commenting on the atmosphere itself, I think says it all. Yeah, just what a derby. What a group of fans we've got. McCoy's played for Sunderland as well, didn't he, at some point? He managed them, did he? No, no, he played 56 games for Sunderland. I was wondering why he was being so fucking biased on ITV. <laughs> I was quite pleased to see, I think I said to you a lot earlier, I was quite pleased when I saw it was him, because he is a really good commentator, but there was some serious bias coming through, like when that Ballard lad just brings Isaac down as he threw on goal, doesn't make contact with the ball, not looking at the ball, falls into Isaac, brings him down, and he's saying that's a world-class or that's top defending. He's going, eh, is it? Looks like he's just rugby tackled him. And they're trying to say it's six and two threes. Anyway, we'll not get into that too much. But yeah, back to my previous point, Hodge. I mean, obviously huge atmosphere there. Just didn't look like it phased any of the players at all. I mean, one of my highlights was Kieran Trippier winding up the Sunderland fans by kind of geeing them up. And then he intentionally put the ball down outside of the corner quadrant. And yeah. they all went, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> and then he went, ah, I got you and put it on and then fucking fanged the ball into the box. I mean, it just feels like we've got a, a group of players that thrive on this kind of electric atmosphere. 
Yeah, and I think it's proven even when we're at home. I think our, our form is magnificently better at home. And I think even last season, when we did play away, we had a bit of a swagger about ourselves. And I think we've lost that. I think having a couple of the shithousery gods out, such as uh, Jacob Murphy, has had a bit of an impact. I think there must be a bit of a, a lull about the club with all the injuries, but with them coming back, hopefully we can get that flow back again. And I think they really thrive off this atmosphere, like you said. Potentially taking Miley out, who seems to be a little bit calmer. He's younger, obviously. How would he combat the kind of hostile atmosphere in the ground? I think it was a good move by Howe to bring Joe Linton back into that kind of a midfield three where mm. I think we pretty much won the game. I think a dominant display by those in the middle who were tracking down really well, some big hard tackles to let them know that we were there early on. That's all you can ask for. We've always said we want a, a team that tries and by did they try the other day. Fantastic. Indeed, you touched on something really important there. Obviously, Bruno got player of the match yesterday. Joe Linton was fantastic. Obviously, it was a shame to lose him, I think, in about 49 minutes, but it doesn't look like his injury is too bad. Yep. And then Sean Longstaff was, you know, putting in the hard yards once again. But yes, it made a huge difference bringing Joe Linton and going back to that kind of reliable middle three that we had for most of last season in Joe Linton, Longstaff and Bruno. Felt like we were able to control that middle of the park again, but again, I have to take everything with a pinch of salt. It's not the best midfield opponents in the world but am i saying that because we completely kind of kept them under wraps or am i saying it because you know that they're just not that great a team you've still got to beat the team in front of you you do you do indeed and we've lost to worse teams than that sunderland team in recent history so yeah take it with a pinch of salt for me but you know we were dominant on the day and it again didn't even look like we'd broken a stride Good to see Miggy put in a good performance. Gray, do you think he can take that form into the next few games? Certainly hope so. I say form. Can't say one game is form, by the way. <laughs> can we take that performance into the next game? Yeah, people said he had a blinder, but he just did what we're so used to seeing him do, which is just run and run like a headless chicken, like he was pressing <laughs> from the front. He had his moments where he just like screaming, just didn't even have a shot with his right foot. I think there was one where he controlled with his right foot to try and bring it back on his left. It's like, if you just try and hit that first time with your right foot, such a better opportunity. But no, I mean, like I say, I just get to see him have that bit of spark back about him. Still question some of his decision-making and his technical ability. But I think, yeah, he's certainly a player who, when he puts in a performance like that, the team certainly seems to be a lot more buoyant, a lot more pressing on the front foot, which I think is so important in the league and in the games we've got coming up. We need to win that ball back quickly. So, yeah, I really hope he can maintain that just pressing form and hopefully the goals will come. Indeed. I think NUFC Twitter has been fantastic over the last few days, just absolutely bathing in the shithousery of the kind of derby back and forth and the rivalry. It all started, obviously, with the Sunderland. I don't know what the fuck was going through their heads when they redecorated their bar with kind of Newcastle colours and Newcastle chants and what is it, we're united together, all of that shite. That obviously fed into it. But then on the day, you know, you've got Bruno giving his typical vamos and you've got Gordon asking their right back if he wants his shirt, he can have it at the end of the game, whatnot. <laughs> I just thought it was I just thought it was really good Derby. Probably the only thing it's been missing in terms of recent years is that kind of really dirty side of things. There were a fair few yellow cards, but nothing bad. The most celebration I think the Sunderland fans had was when that Luco nine who is absolutely shite, by the way. Had a really bad game. Harves, 17-year-old Lewis Miley. And then he, <laughs> he's pumping the crowd up. It's like, mate, you, they were 2 or 3-0 down at that stage. 
<laughs> and you're celebrating tackling get on the level man in terms of you know taking that shithousery and that twitter banter on i think it brings us on to the first goal i think someone like paddy power put a tweet out saying you know continuing their welcome for newcastle fans i think it was like something along the lines of dan ballard has kicked the ball into his own net like <laughs> But it was really, really powerful run and great work by Joe Lindstrom on that left-hand side. He was unstoppable and then puts an absolute killer of a ball into the box, which if Dan Ballard doesn't get to Isaac Slotten home, really good goal there. And then talking about Miggy being industrious on the, the second goal, Gray, obviously he is on, is it Equa? I, I don't know fucking any of their names. The, the other <laughs> yeah. left, might be the left back. I don't fucking know. But he's on him like a rash, causes him to make an error. Then he pops it over for Isaac with a really nice finish action. His left foot in front of the Newcastle fans. And then, of course, we wrap it up with a well-deserved penalty from that Dan Ballard guy in the 89th minute, I think. Three pretty good goals, though. Good work from both wings. Gordon obviously wins the pen. And Alexander Isaac continues his good run of goal scoring. I mean, when you've got a striker in such good form, Hodge, what have we got to do to help translate that into some points in the Prem? I suppose supply <laughs> and the better mm. the better the supply the, the more goals he's going to get at the end of the day and I think it comes back to a point of where does Miggy fit into it with his sole left foot even his assist that he gave Isaac for his, his first goal was an outside foot pass with his left which could have also easily been a right and then Grizz obviously said that there's a couple of chances where he should take a shot with his right even if it gets blocked down it might find his way to someone like Isaac who's just an absolute prime poacher so yeah, it's 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 about keeping that kind of assist level consistent. That's the only reason that we're going to get better and get and pick up more points. I feel obviously there's a a couple of factors: defense, midfield, what they do, how they keep their players as well. But specifically in attacking in that final third, it's that consistency, but also being brave enough to to try something new and try something a bit different and be creative in that area, which I think we've lacked a little bit. But hopefully this gives us a bit more confidence, getting a couple of goals under the belt. It makes his next couple of shots against City next week a lot easier for him, for sure. Yeah, going from Sunderland to Man City, it's absolutely mental, isn't it? Right, we'll go to a quick break now, and then we'll come back with more Derby Day fun. So we'll see you in a second. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app, at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. All right, we're back. Great. I think one thing is as important as the three goals, and for me as exciting as the three goals, is the fact we kept a clean sheet for the first time in quite some time. I thought Dubravka, he was, I think, called on twice. I think they had two shots on target and dealt with them really well. He'd been really good against Liverpool, obviously, despite us losing 4-2. Just good for us to get that kind of defence that was there last year, those four players, 
back on the pitch, Dubravka performing well again and get a clean sheet that we can hopefully take into our next few games as well. Yeah, I think that was massive, especially since so many people were questioning Dubs's ability in goal. And I think he must have silenced a huge amount of doubters in that Liverpool game. Yes, we conceded four goals, but... They're not his fault, are they? Yeah, it could have easily been 10 and it could have been 20 if Nunes knew how to finish. <laughs> but yeah, it just looked solid again. He just controlled it really well. His distribution seemed to be on point yesterday. Let's get on with it. His throwing, kicking, everything was really good. And I think he's going to be obviously crucial going forwards. I mean, we've already mentioned City and probably the backs to the wall approach we'll have against them. But yeah, I mean, huge confidence boost for our defence and hopefully it's a, a bit of a change in momentum and now we can believe in ourselves. Indeed, I think it gives us a good platform to build on if only our next opponents weren't Man City. That's the only painful thing. But there you go. I mean, Hodge, what do you think it was that, was there anything that stood out to you in yesterday's game, obviously apart from us being a team that thrives on the occasion and the atmosphere and get really pumped up. What was different in yesterday's game that allowed us to kick on and win? Is it the quality of the opponent or do you think there was something tactical that Eddie had looked at and tweaked? I think there's probably a little bit of both in that. The quality of the opponent's probably not going to be what they normally expect playing like a top eight side in in the Premier League. I think the pace is a little bit different, the quality is slightly different, but at the same time, the onus of the game was pretty massive and we had to have the right heads there. And I think the tactical decisions that Eddie put in on the day has definitely helped us with that kind of win and getting that kind of points over the line. I think our press was very good. Obviously, he's, he's wanted to implement that in every single game, but against these guys, I think they don't really ex- experience that too much in the championship and to really push on and say like, yeah, okay, game plan 101 right now is we're going to hound the shit out of them for the first 10 minutes and see what happens. And I think we took a, a good bit of possession off them in the first by just getting the ball back and then, okay, we've got it, we'll recy- recycle it, bring it back into our half with our centre-backs and then we play again and we play our game and we play the game how we wanted to run, not necessarily letting them get a hold of it or get any grasp in it. So obviously, I think a lot of a lot of uh, defensive work from the front would have been done in the training ground before this, just to just like I said, to pile the pressure on. So, yeah, a bit of both being the not the greatest team, or especially in the in the last bit, they haven't really had the best of form. Neither have we, but I definitely think that Eddie primed the players perfectly. I think with in terms of tactics, especially early on in the in the first couple of well, five, ten, fifteen minutes. I think is majority of time when you'll get the best out of the players, and I think we did. Indeed, really lived up to the moment. One thing I didn't get was, we obviously were forced into, I think, making a change for Joe Linton at 47 or 49 minutes. can't remember, it might have been 47. Yeah, it was. But yeah. why we then made four substitutions in the 92nd minute? For me, it was gone after 2-0. Why are we waiting so late to bring those players on? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand that one. And Gray, you've got your hand up. Maybe you can try and answer that one before you come on to the point you have. To be fair, my point is about Eddie Howe, so I'll, yeah, I can certainly cover both. But I mean, yeah, the game is properly done at 3-0. Like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense just to give people a, a minute or so to run around. The way we were playing and the way we controlled the game, you would have thought, even at 80 minutes, like, let's just mix things up a bit. And we now have the luxury of having one game a week for the foreseeable, which... We haven't had that luxury before Christmas, so maybe 
there is an opportunity to give players who have done those extra miles so far this season just an extra few minutes break and rest of the legs, which I think could be huge. But just on that point, I think what Hodge was saying, how well organized you were, I think it actually shows that not playing twice a week gives Eddie and his team such a bigger impact in the decision-making ability that they have on a weekend and how they set the team up and how we approach a game, which I think certainly needs to be mentioned and got to give some credit to them. But some thought needs to be taken going forward on if we are going to be serious European competitors every year, then how can we apply that to two games a week, not just one game a week? Yeah, I think when we're talking about how and his, how he's done this kind of tactics and he's obviously bringing in the changes quite late on there, I think potentially we could have done it a little bit earlier, especially with one or two players, I believe. I think Livermento probably deserves a little bit more game time to see what he could have done. Maybe he's getting an extra little bit of confidence out of him. Not like he's lacking it at the minute, but if you played him on the left-hand side with Gordon, especially later on in the game against a guy who was on a yellow card, it's double the threat. I think we could have even pushed them a little bit further into the ground than they already had been. I don't know about how you think about that or that kind of tactical uh, kind of change, but I would have definitely thought we would have seen someone at least at 68, 70 minutes coming in just to it as a little bit of a freshener. Yeah, I think so. I guess that was my that was my initial point, which is why didn't we, you know, we go 2-0 up after 46 minutes and the game was done probably at that point for me. Just rest some of the players. Obviously, you've got Paul Dummett coming on, which is a nice thing to see, given he's a, a local lad. Rotate the centre-halves. We really need to be doing that a little bit more when we can. Richie came on, saves Anthony Gordon a little bit, but again, 92 minutes, what's the fucking point? Like, Admittedly, Gordon did win the penalty, so it's the, the what if he hadn't been on the pitch, would we have won that? Yada, yada, yada. But got to be looking out for the players a little bit more. I just don't think we have the luxury of the quality and depth to, to rotate as players as much as we'd probably like to. So hopefully we can reinforce a wee bit in Janvier. Overall, very good day at the office, I think. As I say, first time we are derby in a very long time. I don't know, hopefully the first of many? No. We had this conversation, didn't we, whether we'd like to see Sunderland back in the Prem just for the derby. I prefer to see them where they belong in the championship, but, but there you go. Same. But a very, very, yes, <laughs> a very, very good day at the office. The guys stuck to the task, executed it really well. So have no real complaints, really. Seeing all the Sunderland fans cried on Twitter today, they were saying, of course, they're twisting it now, saying, well, you know, they're the richest club in the world, you know, their whole squad, you know, one player's worth more than our whole squad, yada, yada. Yeah, I wouldn't fucking say that beforehand, were you? Every time you win, you dafties. You got beaten. You got beat. And uh, back to your little championship. <laughs> back to your little championship. <laughs> <laughs> I guess all that leaves us to do now is uh, is round up with our ugh, our predictions, as Hodge would say, for the next <laughs> match. Reigning Premier League champions, Man City, who we have beaten once already this season in the League Cup. Do we think it'll be more of the same, Gray? Or can you not see us getting anything out of this match? The only real positive is that we're playing at home on the back of a comprehensive victory. But, I mean, Haaland could be back De Bruyne is back they played a weekend team against Huddersfield today and their weekend team would walk into our first team so I mean it is a very scary prospect isn't it 
anything can happen at home. And given the form Isaac's in, like we mentioned, he just needs one bigger opportunity early on. As long as we take that, then yeah, I, I don't see why we can't win this, especially with the crowd behind us, who I really hope up for the game. I can't make it, so Nikoji's filling in for me this week at the match. Look at you. Lucky, lucky. Get it about that, but yeah. Is there a score in there somewhere? I go 1-0. 1-0 to us. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Hodgson, what are your thoughts? Given they smacked Huddersfield 5-0 <laughs> with three people scoring on the score sheet that will probably play against us is not filling me with massive confidence, but at the same time, we're not Huddersfield town. However... Sorry, Ash. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Ash. <laughs> I think with, like you said, De Bruyne is back, he'll probably be starting. They've got Haaland might be back and not feeling too confident in keeping a clean sheet. I think we will score, but I reckon it'll be Newcastle 1, Man City 2. Nice, 2 on to City. I'm going to round it off. I'm going to say, I'm going to hope for a nil-nil draw, but I can't see that happening, that given that we're both... It's going to be a boring Saturday afternoon. It's better than losing, isn't it? <laughs> it's not like you're going to fucking be there anyway. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say 2-1 uh, to Newcastle. Let's go for it. Do you think we'll have any new additions by that point? Do you think we will have brought anyone in? Calvin Phillips is obviously the name on everyone's lips at the minute. He won't be able to play, will he? <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where I fucking thought he was, actually. Well, I don't think outside of Phillips there's any other real transfer rumours, are there? There's a lad from the German League, I can't remember what he's called. Uh, he's seen a it 15 million pound striker. Yeah. I've seen a couple yeah. of his goal highlights. I mean, he rattles them in, but how many shots did he have to make that? <laughs> yeah, true. true. It's always misleading the compilations on YouTube, aren't they? The best thing about this game is when it's over, we've got a 17-day break before we yes, play anyone indeed, else. Indeed. And that is music to my ears to try and get some injuries back. See how it goes. I think all that leads us to do now is say thank you all very much for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye now. Bye. Oh, me lads, you should have seen us coming. Hunland's a massive club. Are they fuck? How could a sausage be upside down? It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.